Catch the entire one hour and 23 minute debut of Chingo Chats exclusively on the patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales all access tier and every Monday on patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm talking about? What it do? Brand new show. Yeah. This one, this one has to have its own intro. Yeah, we do. We don't know if we're going to call it Chingo Chats or we have no idea. But today we wanted to add just a quick little 30 minute episode for all the patrons. This is a patron exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to shoot the shit. I think Rob wants to ask me some questions, but uh, leave your politics at the door. Ain't no politics on this. Yeah, that's kind of the, the concept. And we talked about it at the end of uh, the last Patreon exclusive, but this one's going to go up on Monday. So you're going to get this on February 1st. And initially, we, I don't, we haven't even really talked about it, but this one, well, we have talked about this one going on the $10 tier, which is the new tier that you guys will see on the Patreon page that you're welcome to upgrade to, or new patrons will be able to sign up for mm-hmm. automatically. But this first one uh, might just go ahead and make it available to everybody and okay. let, and let okay. them know that, hey, this one's going to be just for the $10 tier going forward. But we'll see what happens at the end of this episode. But uh, yeah, sure. we want to sure. give as much value as possible. We're you know already creating content several days a week, and we want to just maximize it with a variety of thoughts and ideas, not just from guests, but from us as well. Yeah, because we like podcasting. And uh, hey, let's just have fun with it. And it, I think it's fun that we just talk about everything else. But you know. Yeah. Like, especially right now, because we just finished a political podcast, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, that's the last thing I want to talk about right yeah, now. Yeah, because I'll be getting mad. But so anyway, yeah, we're going to switch it over. New day, new episode, new show, who this? Yeah, and like you said, we're going to work on that wall, maybe putting something else like this. Yeah, you know? different background, different set, different visuals, you know, different lighting, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to be like Brendan Schaub. You know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to have multiple shows. Dude, I actually saw the... So their control room is like in the middle and they have a door on each wall where it's like King of the Sting, you walk into that door. Blow the Belt, you walk out of that door. Fighter and the Kid, you walk out of that door. And they just have a control room in the middle to where you can just control all, all three of the rooms. But is there like a window between yep. control room? Yep. Control room in all the rooms. Where is, where is this at? Cali? Yeah. Some studio there. I was like, oh, that's cool. I always thought, I wondered about how they did Cause, it. Because uh, Theo Vaughn, he's in uh, Nashville. He is, yeah. He's been doing a lot of remote stuff with them. So they got to zoom in or mm-hmm. what? Mm. It's not nearly as fun. Yo, they had my homeboy Jelly Roll on there. Did you see that I did. Episode? I listened to it. I, I, I skipped it until you said, man, you got to listen to it. Man, look here, bro. Jelly Roll is a star. That dude is like, to me, he's like beyond music because, you know, charisma that was a great fucking episode. He just shoots the shit. He can like relate with different people right. about different stuff. You know, did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. And I didn't how did I not know who he was? Dude, Jelly Roll is amazing. Like I mean, I've been knowing him. I think I met him through Little White. So you have like this um this whole other lane in the in the rap game where you got like Yellow Wolf. Love know, Yellow Wolf. I like um, Yellow Wolf. <clears throat> like uh uh, struggle jennings he does a lot of stuff with jelly roll and you know little white you, you know down with three six and i didn't really i wasn't too familiar it kind of reminds me of almost like the uh, mexican rapper scene yeah. in a way except these are like the southern white boy rappers but they go hard man jelly roll he he put out an independent album with a uh, tech nine's label strange music Are you familiar with them yeah so you know how they do it independently yeah, yeah. strange music popped on my radar a long time ago when i was um touring doing the rap shit so there was a really smart promoter out that way named um texas t and uh he was he was in boise though so he's originally from el paso but he was uh, staying in boise and uh he had me sell out a bunch of shit in that region right 
So Texas T would always put me up on game. He'd be like, yo, you fuck with Tech 9 and Strange Music? I'm like, oh, I know about him a little bit. He's like, bro, pay attention to what Tech 9 and Strange Music is doing. He's like, they, they're based out of Kansas City. They got a warehouse with all the merch and the VIP prize stuff. They, they like pre-sell VIP before they even get to the market. They drive in with a couple U-Hauls. Eventually, it was like a little tour bus. So they were doing like how Selena was. What? Like how Selena was like in the early 2000s. Or if you watch that, that Netflix show they did. So long story short, they weren't really dealing with promoters. They were basically getting a tour route, getting the venues, working direct with the venues, and they pretty much getting the door. Pretty much. So you're packing all these kids in these secondary markets like Greeley, Colorado. He wasn't hitting L.A. and Seattle yeah. off the rip. It was like off the beaten path. You know what I'm saying? Like little secondary markets. But uh, Jelly Roll did an album with them and, you know, they they do it big. Their music videos were legit. Yeah. So it's, a, it's on a mainstream level. It's like polished. It's legit. Yeah, he had a really interesting story too. Like he, I mean, just if you would go listen to it or, or look up for one of his interviews, he's had a pretty tough upbringing, and then he just kind of turned it around when he had his daughter. I think it was he had a kid, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure this shit out. Yeah, he started making a name for himself. Um, and in a nutshell, from what I understand about his his backstory, is you know he got into some trouble. He had to be a street capitalist a little bit for yeah. a minute. Yeah. And he was uh, entertaining folks, rapping in jail. And then he, he got out and just started making noise because he's nice. He's nice with the lyrics, you know. He could rap, so. He's got that Joey Diaz story, you know. Did it out of, you know, jail or necessity of those hard days. Can mm -hmm. you imagine right now, like, being locked up and then just, like, Joey Diaz starting to write jokes? And that's how you come up being a comedian? Shit. Just performing for that audience? Um, George Perez, he didn't start in jail. But um, you know George Perez's story? No. <sighs> Bruh. George Perez, in a nutshell, not only is he like one of the dopest comedians, period, out right now. Um, he's out of he's out of uh, LA area. So he started. This is how he came up, and I'm gonna give y'all the like the the story how I recall it, because I got to work with him, so he broke it down. He um. He went to like, along with a friend or something like that to open mic. And uh, he, it was like, he ended up getting up there and started roasting people. And I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jeff, what's his name? Jeff Garcia, I think, comedian. I think that's his name. He's real good at improv. He's, you know, he's a veteran from the Mexican comedy scene. So he was like, dude, you're fucking funny. I think he ended up beating him. I think George like ended just hood funny. Ended up beating Jeff or something with the battle. He's like, dude, you need to roll with me. So he like taught him the game a little bit. And he ended up on Wilmer Valderrama's show on MTV, Yo Mama. Oh no shit. A little roasting show back in the day on MTV. And um, you know, you know how MTV used to be music videos and then they started to diversify. Viacom. So he gets on that show, and I think he ends up winning it. And some dude, he had allegedly got into some beef or something. The dude ended up, I think, hurt pretty bad. And he like was like saw, hey, man, that's the guy. Because he had pretty much gotten away. Like the, a bad fight went down. Homeboy, you know, 
they couldn't they didn't know who names nothing and then he's like oh shit that's the fucking guy <laughs> so something about that person had like all these plugs with the prosecutor and had all these little connects his sister was like cool with the da type of shit and they they got him threw him in there and then he did his uh his comedy in there you did a gig with him or how did you yeah well how did i meet him I think it might have been... It had to have been some time It might have been Mar, Mar... No, I think he brought Martin because I did the Long Beach um, Laugh Factory. And uh, so anyway, I've, I've worked with him a couple times. So we hired him to row with us. Uh, we did Fresno and we did uh, Long Beach. And uh, he rows with Xavier. That's the producer for his podcast and Sam Tripoli. Mm-hmm. So George Perez, bro... Man, he's like a black belt. He's like a master. He taught me a whole bunch of shit. So he was giving me a lot of tips. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess we can kind of say as a surprise. I've been seeing a lot of comments about that collaboration, but we're going to have the Tinfoil Hat crew in here one at a time on uh, Red Pill Tamales, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, since we're on the subject, I kind of want to go and, and, and just explore the comedy story real quick, because I don't ever think that mm-hmm. you kind of like sat down and said it in detail. And, and just kind of the story all together of, of everything, because the first like dozen episodes of RPT, it kind of went together with what we were talking about politically and then how you were, you know, in the industry and in music and then being blackballed for, you know, for as long as you can remember. Mm-hmm. But as far as comedy, how does, how do you just, how do you start doing comedy? Well, I always wanted to do comedy since I was a little kid and I saw uh, Eddie Murphy doing Delirious and raw so in the 80s eddie murphy was the biggest thing you remember watching that oh yeah oh like like it was yesterday it was so classic i was a little kid and i'm just seeing this dude up there being cool as a motherfucker it was like the culture at the time it was the 80s it was like hip-hop you know what i'm saying you're listening to like public enemy and you know these are the films and the things you know eddie murphy biggest star he was on saturday night live which um, I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't really watch that SNL back then. So it was kind of like, I kind of remember him doing the buckwheat thing. But he did like Beverly Hills Cop and those stand-up specials. Like all the teenage girls, like my older sisters are like, oh my God, this is so funny. They're like quoting it. It was just pop culture. So I was like, man, that's a really cool job. I'd love to do that. So I graduate college and our college radio thing was doing really well. But. I was like, man, I'm paying rent out here. You're driving by San Antonio? Yeah. I was like, I got this apartment. What is this fucking college radio shit? They don't pay. <laughs> so, um. Speaking of, it's management right there. Yes, my mom. Oh, <laughs> Mama Bling. Had to call her back. Um, so I told one of my DJ homies, like, man, man, I'm going to move back to Houston. He's like, what are you going to do, man? You going to do the DJ thing out there? Because. He's like, we already starting to make noise. Like, we got gigs, you know, mixtapes and everything. We're interviewing people, you know, paid our dues type of thing. And uh, we're getting some traction. So he's like, what you going to do? I'm like, man, then I'm going to do stand-up. I'm going to do comedy. He's like, what? Comedy? It's almost like stay in your lane. Yeah. It's like, we're already doing this. We already done put in some couple years. And you want to go to comedy? I was like, yeah, you know, the Chingo Bling thing, you know, the comedy rap and see, maybe I'll do some stand-up or something. So I went and met up with Juan Villarreal. He had a show he was doing. 
It might have been like a monthly or every other week. Um, Out there or here? No, in Houston. Okay. So I had moved back, and I was like, well, ain't nobody hiring me. So you I'm, see, that, that, that's like that gap that I'm talking about. We'll, t- we'll tell these stories, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. How do you go from... Uh, watch it be your mom again. Like, no, it's no, important. No, no. no, just checking. How do you go from it being that, you know, you're in the predicament of like, man, I paint you know, college radio. I'm, I'm already got, I'm assuming you had a lease maybe unless you were doing month to month. And then. I did a six month lease, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Rosewood something apartments off of Wurzbach and I-10. Do you ever go around there and be like, this Hell is where yeah. I started? Do you I'm really? Like, fuck them. <laughs> because they put that shit on my credit. The stupid cleanup fee. <laughs> When I bounced, I cleaned up. I took all my stuff out of that little apartment, a little one-bedroom. And uh, I might have left, like, one bag of trash or something. Man, these assholes, they were sending the fucking letter to the campus address they had on me. So it was going to the little mailbox. You were never even getting it? I had already graduated. Right, right, right. It's going to some little bullshit mailbox at the student center. (laughs) Your little dorm mailbox? Yeah, at the student center at Trinity University. So how the fuck I'ma know? So now I'm making now I'm making a little bit of bread in the rap shit. Um, starting to do some shows and my CDs are selling and this and that. I'm growing my CD list, my record store list. Working with my sister and a couple other family members. My cousin Madeline and shit. She was the merch girl and you know my sister Pat would do a stint with us. She you know go hard for about two years and then she might have to like focus on the kids for a hot minute. But uh, you know. Uh, what the fuck was my point with that? Well, oh, the, the letter. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't getting it. So now I'm making money in the rap game. I'm high, y'all. I smoke weed right before this shit. You know, uh, CBD. Alleg- yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Catch the entire one hour and 23 minute debut of Chingo Chats exclusively on the patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales all access tier and every Monday on patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 